everybody. Welcome to the Tech Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Shrout, Principal Analyst at Shrout Research. Uh, here by myself today, without Pat Moorhead, but we are joined by Tom Peterson, Distinguished Engineer at NVIDIA. Yes, here I am. Uh, I'm not going to try to get into what a Distinguished Engineer does. I think it's a very general term. We've maybe heard this. We'll tell, <laughs> tell the people that maybe aren't familiar with you what you do at NVIDIA. Uh, well, I, I spend about half of my time working on new technology, trying to figure out how can we make gaming better. And sometimes it's more circuity, sometimes it's more algorithmic-y, sometimes it's measuring. It's really whatever uh, needs to be done to make our, our tech better. And the other half of the time I spend talking to press and trying to communicate what is cool and exciting about whatever new GPU or whatever new tech we've invented. Some of your some of your recent history includes G-Sync technology, yep. uh, strong drive behind that, GPU Boost yeah. as well. Anything else that I, that, uh, what, are, what, are the, what are the highlights? Uh, the highlights of my NVIDIA career. So I think I think GPU Boost, you know, I was one of the principal guys involved with the invention of GPU Boost. Also G-Sync, as you said, I've also done a bunch of less successful things. So I would say, <laughs> I would say the, like, like at NVIDIA, it's much more important to, to have an idea and get going and try it out, and that means there's going to be some failures. Right. So I can tell you all about my all right. failures. Right. Um, so we're obviously here in Cologne, Germany. You guys did your reveal uh, right before Gamescom opened up of the new GeForce RTX series. Mm-hmm. This is a follow-up to last week where you guys launched the Quadro RTX line. Uh, RTX, It was I will say it was a little confusing because RTX was announced earlier this year as a technology, essentially, right? A combination of software APIs, uh, hardware implementation, all of that. Mm-hmm. And now we've adopted um, the RTX into uh, a brand of hardware, both for professional ProVis and, and for uh, the consumer line. Absolutely. So now we have GeForce RTX, maybe not replacing GeForce GTX, but augmenting it, uh, putting a renewed emphasis on the race tracing side of it. There were three cards announced, the RTX 2080 Ti, RTX 2080, RTX 2070, uh, all with various specifications and price points. Pricing as high as, I think, $999 for the MSRP on the 2080 Ti. All this aimed at gamers. Um, Four ninety nine on the twenty seven. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine on the twenty seven. It goes down that way. So it, that that's kind of the the summary of this product. This this podcast doesn't really get into speeds and feeds uh, of each of these technologies or what have you. We kind of we want to talk more about what its impact is going to be and, and and some of the some of the details, the analysis behind it. One of the things that I think, if anybody watched the live stream, was driven home uh, from Jensen's talk was that this is not. It's not just. A new GPU that's faster. Right. It's not just the same stuff that we've known with more cores, more frequency, more memory, yep. what have you. You guys definitely took it a spin for this is the beginning of a new generation of, of rendering technology. Absolutely. You're and absolutely right. It, so why why is it like what makes it that way, and why why do the, why does the market need to believe that? Well, obviously, our our fundamental goal, our purpose in life is to create realistic, photorealistic as much as possible images that gamers can love. So as as our job is to make games look better and better and maybe even easier to create so that over time, you know, the pipeline of game content will improve. Mm -hmm. So as you look at that problem of making better pictures, it becomes very clear that traditional raster techniques are always going to be limited. And rasterization is sort of a, a, a method 
bit of graphics that's evolved over years, but it doesn't it doesn't really comprehend all the complexities of how light bounces around in a scene. And that means shadows don't look perfect, and and sometimes colors aren't perfect, and sometimes you know occlusion isn't great. But it doesn't mean rasterization is not terrific. It's obviously brought us this far. Yeah. But. But as you look forward, how can you improve? And, and there's two major technologies that can help us. One is what's called ray tracing. And ray tracing is, is an improved simulation of light that helps us do better occlusion, it does better shadows, it does much better reflections, and it improves images. The second technology is, of course, AI. And now, as AI is moved through every other, other industry, like you know, medicine, medical imaging, you know, automation of robots, AI can actually be applied to generating images. So if you think about it, we can now train an AI using lots of supercomputer horsepower on how best to generate a new frame. Then we can use our rastered image as sort of hints to that AI, where effectively the AI generates a more beautiful frame faster than we could do it with rasterization. So it's it's actually a, 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 an inflection point in how next generation graphics are not going to be just implemented, but also a whole set of beautiful imagery that we have yet to discover. Yeah, the and, it, and I think it's important to point out that this, the AI and uh, the ray tracing are actually additional. It's there's additional silicon Absolutely. in here to this. This is not something where you're kind of piling all this onto the existing technology. No, you're exactly right. right. There's, there's still, and obviously traditional graphics is very, very important to us, and Turing is fantastic at traditional graphics. It's got, you know, uh, per, very well-architected shaders, but now we have two additional units, right? We have uh, RTU, a ray tracing unit, and we also have uh, tensor cores integrated directly onto the silicon for Turing. So those that additional um, area can run in parallel with our traditional shaders. So it's not like like we're writing fancy software that's going to run on our shaders. We're changing the architecture of the chip to accelerate new types of graphics. Tensor cores are something that's been around for, this is your second implementation of them, I guess. Yeah. Volta had that first. Uh, and this is this is the first time we've seen it come to consumer GPUs, which mm-hmm. is which is an interesting transition. Oh, I think it's super exciting. And then the RT cores are are brand new. This is something that we really haven't seen no. on anything. Uh, it's the holy grail of graphics. It it's <laughs> one of the questions that I've gotten from uh, from a lot of other people out there is, are the RT cores doing traditional ray tracing faster, or have you figured out a way to? undo traditional uh, memory structures or ray tracing algorithms in order to get to where you're at on the speed level. Is it really, is it, was it a silicon or a software innovation? Um, well, obviously, you know, we have a lot of really smart engineers and we've been working on ray tracing for over 10 years. A guy named Stephen Parker is just a genius of ray tracing. And uh, we've tried a, little, a lot of different things. Yeah, you but, have. There's, yeah. I mean, this is the first time ray tracing has been brought up yeah. for, for, from NVIDIA. Yeah, but you know what? We, ha- we haven't like been silent on ray tracing. We've had optics and mm-hmm. we're, we're obviously a key component of the movie industry, which is primarily ray traced, right? So the way I think of it is we don't want to talk about the details right now of how we're implementing ray tracing. Suffice it to say, there is a dedicated hardware block. It's involved with, you know, how can you accelerate the discovery of geometry to, to trace into? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a really, really cool technology. But the point is, we can now do 10 gig arrays in real time. And if you think about 10 gig arrays, that means, hey, just start, you know, really exploring this technology as a game developer. And you're going to be shocked by how good things can look. On the AI side, um, 
you, you know, we're, you, you mentioned we were kind of moving this from a data sensor, data, data center centric technology now to the to the consumer of the real world. One of the technologies that was brought up last night was DLSS, yes, which is simply using deep learning for super sampling. If people who don't know what super sampling is, it's the idea of taking an image that might have jagged edges and then applying some filter to it either before or post uh, to make it a smoother more realistic yeah. image. I, I want to say that, that that is a, um, you know, super sampling is a specific type of thing, okay. right? You're, you're effectively rastering at a higher resolution and then, you know, you're you're doing more generation and sampling of pixels. Okay. This is slightly different. I mean, it, it is called um, SS because we're trying to give people a handle for how to, how to think about this. Right. But what's really happening is, is much more of a, you know, we're taking the raster as an input to the neural network and the neural network is generating additional pixels that were not present before. So it's not really trying to like, given two pixels, I'm going to do some mathematical function yeah. to calculate it. It's much more um, more of an AI, right? And so the, the inference happens locally mm-hmm. on the consumer part. Yep. The training happens in the supercomputers that NVIDIA put together okay. based on our other GPUs. Like, think of it as we have, we are the leaders in AI. We have a huge infrastructure of AI-deployed supercomputers, and we can apply that to train neural networks on how to interpret rastered images and yeah. generate more beautiful images. And and that technology is just at the beginning. I yeah. mean, really just starting, and it is so fruitful that I think it's going to change everything. We, we saw, uh, I saw when I was at SIGGRAPH the previous week, implementations of a, a variant of this technology mm-hmm. for Photoshop, right? Oh, yeah. A plug-in for that where it could improve image quality yep. or video scaling, yeah. right? You know, in yeah. Premiere. Yeah. So there's a lot of applications for it. Do you, do you see... AI, these tensor cores being utilized for other things. This is really the only thing we've talked about thus far, yeah, but absolutely. But I mean, are game devs going to get involved in this? Can there be other use cases? Absolutely. And that? you know what? NVIDIA is working very hard to make this an open standard for AI development. And working with Microsoft, that's happening. Right. So effectively, people, game devs, can create their own networks that are you know, understood by Microsoft, downloaded to our hardware, and then produce unique functions in their games. I, I really think, you know, hardware-accelerated inferencing on a gaming GPU, we're just, again, at the very beginning, but it does change every paradigm that you've thought of. You can imagine animation, you can yeah. imagine, you know, who knows, right? Yeah, basically everything that I saw at SIGGRAPH, and there were a ton of AI-accelerated graphics implementations mm-hmm. of all kind for animation, for you know, upscaling, yeah. various different things being yeah. applied in real time. Yeah. If, if we go back to ray tracing, I think the demos we saw were very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going back as, you know, as long back as 12 or 13 years ago, I was writing articles about ray tracing and how this was, would be the epitome. And at the time, we thought we were at a place where it might make sense. And uh, then obviously 13 years passed. It never <laughs> happened. Did you predict that? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go back and look I don't want to go back and read. Yeah, that's going to be great. But, it's now at a point where you guys are pushing it. It's it's not you know it's part of the name of the product, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be a real thing. But this is something that has to happen over time, right? Yeah, like yeah. not all of your GPUs support it. Right. Not uh, all of you know none of your competitors' GPUs have acceleration in it for right. it. They could run ray tracing, but what performance we don't know. And then 
developers have to want to integrate that yeah. that side of it. I mean, what's that outlook? I can tell you that the developer response so far has been really uh, overwhelming because honestly, recall that developers are graphic artists, right? They're graphic, they're they're GPU scientists, yeah, and and they understand the benefits of ray tracing in their games. You can look at the demo we did with Metro, and you can say, obviously, wow, you know, ray tracing com- completely changes the look and feel of that game. And BF Five is another great example with EA. It's 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 just way more immersive with correct reflections. So I do think there's going to be a, a period of time as game developers are trying to understand it. They're working on the performance. They're getting the the content um, developed so that it looks great with ray tracing. And I think that's a that's going to be a process of years, just like any other inflection in graphics architecture has been. So, but the cool thing is the benefits of ray tracing are clear. It's not like you have to sit somebody down and say, look in this corner to see the benefit, right? <laughs> when you look at a ray-traced image, you're like, oh, I get it, right? That's pretty easy. Sure. But I will say, I mean, we talked about this earlier, the the, the rasterization engines that exist, like if you looked at Battlefield 1, yeah. it was still pretty, a really good-looking good. game, right? Yeah. And um, the whole idea of the hybrid, I think, is, is, is what makes this possible, yeah. right? But before it was... You know, you could do a ray traced version of Quake 3 and run it at 40 frames per second on a CPU, but that was a game from 25 years ago, right. and it doesn't have any of the fidelity to do, but it does have perfect mirror reflections. Right, right. right. So the, the hybrid technology, you see that being around for the foreseeable future? Oh, yeah. Future? Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with raster. Raster is the tech that's brought us to this point, and it's still higher performance than doing full race tracing. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way to get great scenes by doing some combo technology, I mean, there's really no reason to get rid of that until it becomes basically just overhead that you don't need anymore, right? Once once Perf gets to the point where you can actually simplify dramatically the, the model for developers in, right. in the sense that you build a good model and everything else just works... Um, because ray tracing makes it easier to do a game engine once it's ubiquitous. But I, I don't expect that to be for many, many years. Okay. Right? The, the raster paradigm, all the learning in the raster world, it's not going away, right? And there's no reason for it. Okay. Um, on the, the pricing of the cards was uh, something I got some questions on. They, they're definitely higher than the previous generation at launch, yeah. right? And I think... A lot of the presentation uh, from Jensen last night was was built upon the fact that, hey, you're not just getting a faster version of what you have. We're bringing you you new technology, and that's the value add right. that, that 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 does that. Is that is that jive with what the Nvidia messaging kind of has been with this? And you know, I, I don't want to say have you seen pushback from it already? The guards aren't even aren't even shipping. But is this something you worry about, or is it or, or is it? Are you talking about the the, the price, price to value. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I feel like what we're doing is changing the uh, capability of graphics cards going forward and that there's a lot of great content that you can get today already mm-hmm. when we launch the cards that are that's dramatically better because of this new technology. And uh, I believe, as always, the market is going to decide on, on you know, where this really should sit. But I feel like we're pretty comfortably well within, you know, uh, a spot that's going to make gamers delighted. Yeah. I, I if, if I'm looking at you know projections and sales. I, I don't foresee an instance where these cards aren't going to sell. No, and and there's a lot of side you know secondary uh, market uh, pushes that have that have gone to this right. Yeah. You know the yeah. the fact that it's, it's been more than two years since you guys have released a new architecture. Yep. yep. Uh, and there was a, a lot a dry spot when the <laughs> there was mining a, deal there was, was a taking place. Of, yeah. Uh, graphics cards, yeah. Right. So uh, it, it seems it seems like I think it'll be an interesting question. To, to how it goes, right? Like I, I've talked to several of your board partners already, yeah. and they have no 
everybody has complaints, but they have no concerns about not selling out the yeah. inventory that they're going to have, yeah. even at the pricing that they're at. Yeah, so. I feel I feel like you know, uh, we're just really delivering a ton of value, and we're changing forever, probably the way um, games are going to be developed and how game developers view PC titles and what we can do that's different and better for PCs. Yeah. So how that translates to profitability and pricing and all the rest of that, the market is really going to shake that out. But I, I feel like as long as we continue to develop great technology with real high value, that you know we'll, we'll, we'll just let the market figure it out. All right, one more question for you then. If you had to look back at one feature or technology or subset of something on this new launch or this product that you think either it hasn't gotten enough attention yet or it's just your particular favorite <laughs> what what stands out wow there's so many there's, you know the, the, the problem with this <laughs> they're question, all your children yeah. I know I, the problem I, with this I, question I, is that there's just so much cool stuff in there <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually gotta tell you I'm pretty excited about a few of the new features on GeForce Experience if you look at that you'll uh, see okay. we're gonna talk about that tomorrow we're gonna show you some, some really cool stuff there okay. of course we have new versions of clocking which I'm personally excited about but you know I don't know if that would rise to the level of you know, AI. <laughs> sure, AI and ray tracing. Yeah. Those are both okay. Yeah. But let me tell you about the I, I, I got to tell you, so my, my pick, if I, if I had to say best of show yeah. for Turing, I'm going to go with AI. Yeah. I, I think having on-chip AI, it changes the way games are going to work forever. And we don't even know what that's going to be yet. It's, it's, but we know it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I, I that to me, <laughs> that to me is the most interesting because it's the most open ended. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is the one with the most questions. But you know, after following the AI markets for a couple of years and seeing where developers have taken AI and put it in places where I didn't really think it would be yeah. used and, and how quickly they got it there uh, and that fact that really nobody has done anything yet with this in the gaming space. We yeah. always talk about AI and gaming of like how how well does that NPC walk yes. around yes. a square, right? Yes. Um, uh, or how well do they look like or emulate a, a person? And th that may be an application it for it be. at some point, but there's so much more. There is dramatically more. And yeah. visual, visual quality is a compelling place because there's lots of good examples Examples of how this is already working in many other industries. I, I referred to medical imaging, but the way uh, Jensen uh, referred to it last night is: imagine today already you can take a sonogram and then run it through an AI network trained on, you know, what is this sonogram telling me in terms of three-dimensional structure of the body? Yeah. And if you if you're a doctor, you can now look at this real-time, three-dimensional. You know, you can you can kind of almost see every organ. And it's just night and day. And all of that information was present in the sonogram, but it took the AI to convert it into a way that's more compelling for a human. That's now happening with games, right? You can take uh, a, a raw image and then give it to an AI that's trained on much more data, much more information. And it's it knows, hey, wait a second, this line right here, that's a line. And so I don't need to, I don't need to like do math on adjacent pixels. I'm just gonna make it a line. Right, and that's yeah. that's a, a hmm. real different way of of thinking about um, how how pixels can be created. Very interesting. Well, we'll find out uh, here in the next month or so as these products start to ship and reviews come out what all the reception has been. Yeah. Uh, but clearly, you guys have uh, a, just another. I don't know, interesting leg up on everybody for what they're doing, and, and uh, I'll be really curious to see 
how this all how this goes. I'm excited as as a gamer <laughs> myself. I'm very excited to see what this is. I got to play some of these demos, uh, and they are impressive as impressive as they were during the keynote. So, thanks for joining me, Tom. Hey, appreciate always it. Always great to see you, sir. Uh, you can find all of our episodes at thetechanalysts.com, or you can uh, visit us on iTunes or Google Play, wherever else you find your podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks, everyone.